some uh, expansion on the final fate of Dokes. What are we going to do about Lila um, and the Lila trying to get Angel sent to prison storyline? What did you guys think of this episode overall? I thought this was pretty good. Uh, I think there was a lot of tension and suspense and, you know, uh, the story really weaving itself together. Finally, more parts of it coming out. And, um, yeah, I thought there was definitely good stuff. Uh, I was pretty engaged with it, so I enjoyed it. Yeah, I liked this one, too. Um, like you said, it had it had the tension. It had all of the things we want in a good episode. had a little bit of the good humor. Um a lot of stuff going on, a lot of balls in the air, a good setup as we're finishing out a season. It was a very good episode. Uh, it, the scenes between Dexter and Dokes alone were worth it. It's just one of those episodes that's so frustrating at the end because you want it to keep going and it's just like cliffhanger. Yeah, just oh. like last season, I think it has a really good cliffhanger into the season finale. Um the payoff for that cliffhanger we'll get into when we talk about the next episode. But yeah, it definitely has a great cliffhanger at the end um, that makes it hard in today's now and it, you know, today's age where you have all the episodes, it's hard not to just go ahead and watch episode 12 right after it. So the uh, episode opens with the blood theme with just an exterior of the cabin. Dexter's voiceover reminds us that Dexter just found out that his killing led to Harry's suicide. Dokes begins to play devil's advocate about whether or not killing Dokes would make Dexter feel better. Uh, Dexter says that Harry's code his whole life is bullshit. Dokes says it's only a matter of time before Dexter hurts someone who matters to him, like Deb, Rita, or the kids. Which kind of harkens back to um, that episode where Dokes went up against another like special forces guy that had snapped and killed his wife um the phone rings dexter goes outside and takes the call calls from a doctor lila has listed him as her emergency contact and is in the hospital dexter leaves telling dokes that he's going to finish framing him and then send the fbi and dokes renews his efforts to break out of the cage yeah dex was really resistant to that i'm surprised that i was surprised that he went ahead and went in spite of the uh the doctor said you know there's some legal issues or something to that effect and uh surprised that dexter went ahead and went but i'm sure he was pretty curious to see what what the hell lila was up to it's such a lila scene to to ruin something as wonderful as that scene between dokes and dexter (laughs) she ruins everything (laughs) every good thing She's just a friend who's relying on someone to be her emergency contact. You know, just people uh, in a time of need need someone to be there for them. And, you know, Lila has nobody, you know. She, she can't go to Angel because Angel's the one that, you know, was there. He was just there. Went straight uh, to the word friend. for the reason. There, she has nobody for a reason because she's horrible. Uh, you know, she's just trying. She's, she's just what a friend would do to, to a friend. And... <laughs> Um, so (laughs) uh, Dexter gets to the hospital and has a flashback of Deb telling him that Harry had died Angel is there but the doctor takes Dexter aside tells him that Lila has her hypnol in her system that she's asking for a rape kit Dexter goes in to see her alone he accuses her of framing Angel and realizes internally that he's also guilty of framing someone 
Lila says she'll do whatever Dexter asks her to do, including not pressing charges against Angel, provided that Dexter takes her back. Um, Angel and Dexter talk about it. Angel says he didn't do it and kicks himself for not listening to Dexter's warning. Dexter says that if he chose, that if he got to choose to be like anyone, he'd choose Angel. I was going to say, this is where we start to see the, the sentimental Dexter start to come out. You know, like, his, there's moments where he's, like, kind of, uh, not, you know, because I think he starts to build up the saying of farewells to people. But, like, yeah, just saying things to the angel. Like, he's like, I'm sorry. I, I'd, I'd be like you if I could. But it's, like, a, a, another side of Dexter that we haven't got to really see in terms of uh, with, like, Miami Metro. So it's like it's like okay, this is there's a possibility. This he's really considering what Dokes is saying. But also in that in that wonderful Dexter way, he says it in the most awkward fashion, and then like at the worst time, like Angel's life is falling apart, and he's like, "I want to be like you." Yeah, <laughs> and Angel's just like, uh, "Thanks, Dexter." Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but he he All also right. starts it off with like, "If I could be like a real person." Like, like you're some robot and it was just so awkward and wonderful I, lo- I loved it Deb and Lundy are having a playful argument about getting to work on time Lundy's boss calls Lundy in for work and at Miami Metro Lundy's boss whose name is Adams and he's played by Jonathan Banks from Breaking Bad and Linda's film about menstruation if you don't know what I'm talking about go ahead and YouTube search Linda's film about menstruation and have a laugh about Jonathan Banks in his first ever uh, role as an actor. Uh, But they've uh, found a gas station with footage of Dokes. Back at the cabin, Dokes is kicked through a cage wall and walks out with a few bottles of water. And two detectives show up with a warrant for Angel's arrest. Deb pushes back. Captain Matthew says he's sure that Angel will go peacefully. Angel reiterates to Dexter that it isn't his fault. Which, the way he says that, where he just randomly says, Dexter, it's not your fault. Like, he obviously thinks it's totally Dexter's fault, because nobody really thought it was Dexter's fault until you said that. The truth is, there's a scene cut where original Cody comes in, (laughs) looks at Dexter, and says it's all your fault. I think Dexter takes blame for it. I think he was kind of going into that in the hospital that, you know... uh, but I think more so it's it's Angel reiterating that, you know, Dexter did try to warn him off of Lila and you know, he's in this he's in this boat because of his own mistake. Yeah, it's totally Angel's fault. And Lila's because she's It's horrible. mostly Lila's fault, but it is <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. this much of it's Angel's fault, yeah. Right. I mean, I, it's always, it's all, you know, it's 99% Lila, but you have to blame someone else other than the horrible yeah. person that is Lila. It's, Angel was warned. Well, what I about mean, that drug dealer that sold her the road hit? <laughs> yeah, uh, if we're going to play the blame game, let's just go back to season one and blame Rudy for everything, okay? Because I think we're, we're pointing all the wrong fingers in the wrong direction, directions. Lila is just a, a, a unique soul looking for her soul mate. <laughs> and she found a friend in Dexter. And friendship. <laughs> you know, so. God, God bless her. No, I just kind of I want to hear you got a friend in me over this. <laughs> just a just a montage of Lila's face. You got a friend in me. Uh, yeah. 
Rita calls with a stalled car. Dexter agrees to come get her. Dokes is wandering through the Everglades and nearly walks into an alligator. He hears a motor and sees a boat. He flags it down. He says he's been held for several days at a cabin and that he's police. And the men knock him out. Yeah, you never... You, I don't think you're ever supposed to tell anybody on a boat in the Everglades that you're the police. I think that's a... It's like a thing in Florida that you're like you you don't do that because clearly there's a lot of smuggling going on. Yeah, telling them he was the police was a very Miami Metro move. Yeah, well, and the cabin thing too because it turns out those guys are looking for the cabin. Uh, there are more people from the the cocaine, the cartel or whatever it is that was shipping cocaine to. Jimenez in the earlier episodes. So they're still looking for whatever they're like 20 keys of cocaine that Dexter still has. Yeah, it's like Dokes was eating a shit sandwich inside of a shit storm. Right? <laughs> that was that moment. It's like, it's like, oh boy, you can't get any better than that. <laughs> yeah, he may as well have just like knocked himself out. Hey yeah. guys! Thunk. <laughs> uh... Deb and Lundy talk about why Adams has showed up. Uh, he's convinced that he should have gone. Uh, Adams is convinced that Lundy should have stopped Dokes by now. Dexter tries to convince Rita to take the kids out of school the next day to go out on his boat just one more day. And Dexter returns to the cabin with food for Dokes but sees that he's escaped. He steps out of the way as Dokes is led back toward the cabin by the guys that knocked him out. Uh, Dexter signals to Dokes to be quiet. He then leads one of them away so Dexter can knock out the other. Dexter comes around and shoots the other guy. Dokes says that they were there for the drugs. He says they would have killed him after he loaded up the cocaine. Thanks, Dexter, for coming back. They dump the bodies, and then Dexter puts Dokes back in the cage. Which is super awkward, you know? Just like Dexter <laughs> I think, says. Yeah, yeah, he even says this is going to be awkward. But that is such a great scene to see how this flips around, that, you know, they're in this cat and mouse game then all of a sudden they really have to depend on each other and you know Dokes is like damn it really but you know you gotta pick one or the other in that case well and Dexter tells Dokes that he can't just keep waiting for everything to fall apart he says he's thinking about turning himself in he says it's better to do it that way on his own terms than get captured that it will go easier for Dev and Rita that way but he wants one more day and he tells Dokes he really enjoyed having real conversations with someone Dokes wants out, but Dexter locks him in and leaves. It's just like some real honest Dexter moments, you know? Like, uh, sometimes you feel like Dexter's phoning it in, but I think this was pretty genuine in terms of, like, the actor portraying this character that is being sincere about what he's saying to this guy, who he hates, but, like, at the same time, yeah, he's in, like, the biggest pickle of his life, you know? So I, I think it was really interesting to see him sort of go into this mode. Yeah, I really love this. I think what I liked the most about this episode was just when Dexter kind of became resigned to the fact that this was the end for him. And, you know, he's just kind of at peace with it in a way when he's just working through saying his goodbyes and coming up with his plan. It is a whole different level of sensitivity to him and just really, really liked uh, the way that that was played. It was also super, like, disconcerting about the people there. I mean, I know it's Miami Metro, so they're not the most observant ever. But he's dropping all kinds of suicidal language 
Like, one last day, please sign these papers so if something horrible happens to me, you know, uh, just... Yeah, he was kind of showing every sign of the checklist of, you know, (laughs) when to intervene, and nobody is really going down that route except, like, I think Dokes is the only one who even has that concern. Exactly. How is nobody else thinking he's suicidal? Because that's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. Well, if he'd have showed up with donuts, everything would have been fine. So they were like, yeah, something's got to be up. No donuts from Dex. Yeah, I think everyone's too concerned with whatever's going on with them because the Bear Butcher thing's heating up and Angel's being arrested for sexual assault or whatever it is Lila's decided has happened. And Dexter calls Deb and asks her to sign some papers. Deb's going out for a drink, so Dexter reschedules it for the morning. LaGuardia stops Captain Matthews back at Miami Metro. She thinks she can prove that Dokes is innocent if she takes a day off. Matthews says no, but she says it wasn't a request. Angel, Deb, and Masuga are drinking tequila made from pumpkins, according to Deb. It's gross. Angel says he can't explain the roofies or the rough sex. Masuka says he can't believe that none of them noticed they had a killer among them, and then apologizes to Deb, who dated the ice truck killer. Yeah, he always he always knows what to what to say. You know, you always count on Masuka to say something completely inappropriate. <laughs> he did have a wonderful line earlier in the episode where they show the gas station picture of Dokes, and he's like, "I can't believe it." Three forty nine for regular. <laughs> that, yeah, his yeah. one redeemable line. <laughs> he uh, he also said earlier in the same scene. Uh, when Angel was saying he couldn't explain the roofies of the rough sex, he's like, rough sex? No one said anything about rough sex. Angel's like, she she asked for it, man. She want, she wanted it. So, And you know Masuka wouldn't have dropped it then. He would have been asking for a lot more details. <laughs> uh-huh. Like how rough, what positions. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't have stopped right there. That was not true to character. Yeah, um... Dexter goes to Lila's and asks her to drop the charges against Angel. He says that after tomorrow, he'll be out of reach for her. Deb tells Lundy about how stupid Dexter and Angel were to get involved with Lila. She asks Lundy to do a search and find out more about Lila's past. There's no record of Lila Turney in the FBI database. Deb says that sneaky bitch, she's using an alias. They take Angel's microwave to Masuka to run for Prince. I want to point out something. Yes, Deb said she's using an alias, but it was after after Lundy had to lead her to it because she she's part of Miami Metro. She's a terrible cop. Yeah, he's like, and what does that tell you? <laughs> yeah. Like, come on. Come on. Sound it out. It's a fake name. And there it is. <laughs> yeah, it's basically yeah. like watching a Jedi Master and a Padawan, and it's just like he's like yeah, he's feeding her all of the good stuff that she needs to know. But it's like when he's gone, what's she gonna be able to do? Like, is she gonna be able to come up with that stuff on her own? I don't know. It's debatable. Maybe more like a teacher with a kindergartner, though, because that was so basic. That yeah. was a little more basic, like, like a Jedi and Padawan. Who's That's gonna right. give her animal crackers when Lundy's gone? <laughs> yeah, it is like. Right the one thing that you do as a, as like the most basic of cops is identify somebody and she couldn't right. do it. <laughs> so. Well, and then they take Angel's whole microwave to Miami Metro, which is like, <laughs> no, you don't need to do that either. <laughs> yeah, you, you just left the prints. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Not sure they know that. Well, if Just Masuka's in charge. Yeah. <laughs> right, that's true. Hmm. Um, Dexter shows up with a notary and his will for Deb to sign. Dexter invites Deb over for steaks. He has something he wants to talk to her about. LaGuardia calls Lundy from Haiti. She says Dokes wanted the blood slides analyzed. Lundy is interested and asks for more details. Dexter, Rita, and the kids get onto Dexter's boat. Lila is watching from a jeep in the distance. She goes into Dexter's van and steals his GPS. The kids do some fishing. Dexter tells Rita that she and the kids are important to him, no matter what happens to him. Rita thinks the conversation is about the state of their relationship. He gives Rita the papers for the van, and that's sort of his, like, saying goodbye to Rita in the kids scene. This is another scene where they're, they're just missing all these signs. He's giving away his entire life. And he keeps referring to it as like one one more day, yeah. It's it's all very troubling. It's weird anyway that he has the van because he bought the van on impulse in season one from that guy that he ended up killing, and so he has the van. But earlier in the season, that drug guy that used to work with Paul came and stole Rita's car, so he got Rita a car from the motor pool. And then never took it back. So the car that breaks down is the car from the motor pool. And he's just never, like... He's never just, like, given her the van and taken another car from the motor pool, which he's allowed to do, apparently, because Miami Metro keeps no logs of those things. (laughs) And lets the forensics people have completely free reign of it. So the whole car thing is weird. Like, (laughs) of course she should have the minivan. She should have had it for, like, ten episodes now. She also still has the, the little car he stole from. <laughs> oh, She's still driving the car from the motor pool. Yeah. Because they don't keep locks. Like, they'll never know that it's gone. I mean, or who got, took it. He let her have that in the breakup. It's sweet. <laughs> like, I get it. It's, it's not like Miami Metro was expecting it back. <laughs> they have no idea. Not like they even remember it was there. No. Like... I swear I've seen this car before. I don't know. Deb has figured out Lila's real identity. She's on an expired visa, and Deb wants to try and deport her. Deb cuts off Lundy's boss and tells him off for being so mean to Lundy. She goes over to Lila's and tells her to leave Miami right away. She threatens to turn her over to ICE. Lila takes the GPS and starts to follow it to one of Dexter's previous destinations. And then... uh, Dexter begins cooking steaks. His internal monologue tells us that he's planning to have Deb take him into custody. Dexter plays through several several different reactions from Deb. In one, she chokes him to death. In another, she draws her gun. In another, she cries. And then finally, she shoots him dead. I thought that was a really funny scene. It was a little bit goofy and silly, but it was a good, good breakup for such a deep, serious episode. Yeah. I liked it, too. I like how Dexter changed how he told her each time. Like on the last one, he's like, "It's me. I'm the butcher." It's <laughs> great scene. I loved it. Deb arrives and tells him that she told Lila to get out of town. Deb's in a great mood. She says, "For the first time since that ice truck killer stuff, I feel like I'm back, improved even." Deb tells him that anytime she started to spin out of control, she had Dexter to rely on. Dexter asks Deb how she got through it. 
she says you decide who you are who you want to be and you just hold on to that just write it out they start enjoying their steaks this is worth living for Deb asks Dexter what he wanted to talk about he says nothing nothing at all and he has returned to his plan to frame Dokes there's a, there's a trend here with the whole cooking of steaks in the last couple of episodes, I think, uh, of each season. Because didn't he cook a couple of steaks with Rudy <laughs> towards the end of last season? Yeah, the steaks thing is a him and Deb tradition. And the whole thing where he did it with Rudy was part of that whole, like, Rudy went and spent the evening with Dexter instead of his girlfriend. Like, it was part of that whole weird scenario where she like like accepted his apology and was like going to take him back and wanted him to like meet her up for dinner and he's like well I can't I'm about to sit down to steaks with Dexter yeah. and she's like what? Like, that's our thing yeah exactly <laughs> yeah I mean it's just this, this whole steaks thing I think like the, it's funny to me that how much that they cook meat in this show or like show <laughs> meat being eaten or whatever it's just yeah it's it's a it's a great little thing i think that they try to sneak in as much as they can that's it that's all i wanted to say about steaks <laughs> <laughs> no it's a good it was a good it was a good moment though because it's like deb's opening up um and she feels confident which is great and uh, there's, this is like a nice moment for him to sort of uh, have a realization about the fact that there's multiple people that care about him, you know, Deb, but uh, Rita and the kids. And like, this is a sort of a very psychological, but also emotional episode for, for Dexter in terms of all of the stuff that he's going through. And I thought this was a really nice way to sort of uh, pull it all together and like put the, the bow on the package and be like, yeah, it's Deb, you know, she's your sister. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, to one, on one side of things, like, I can see him not wanting to disappoint Deb or get her out of this mood, but he does seem very much like he just listens to whoever the last person he talks to. Like, he seems just really malleable. When he's talking to Dokes, Dokes makes sense. When he's talking to Deb, Deb makes sense. Um, but... Uh, yeah, and I also think, you know, you're talking about them, like, they showed up, like, the close-ups of the steaks, and they have the sound, like, the fully for the, like, sizzle was really loud and all of that. Yeah. And they, uh, I, I think they play with that, like, to play on people's discomfort, that this is not a very gory show about murdering people, but when they get a chance to, like, show an animal being cooked, they, like, milk it for all it's worth. No pun intended. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, they lo- they have some good looking steaks. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> they always got to raise the stakes on this show. Oh, uh, oh, wow! We got there eventually. <laughs> so, so Deb gets a call. They found Dokes' rental car. Dexter's worried. He needs to make sure that Dokes isn't in a cage when they find him. Then Lila shows up at the cabin, having followed the GPS, and Dokes hears the GPS say, You have arrived, and looks around confused. And that's the cliffhanger. Wonderful ending scene. I just love the way they, they ended that. Yeah, solid cliffhanger. Really tense moment. Yeah. What, what blew my mind is when he hears a car drive up, he starts yelling, Hey, I'm in here. But... 
wouldn't he just immediately assume it was Dexter coming back? Like, how did he know it wasn't Dexter? Dexter has not. I don't think Dexter has actually driven up to... Oh, that's a good point. He's been taking his boat. He's been taking his boat. So, I don't know. Don't it's we... weird because the GPS knows how to get there. Well, he he drove up there when he helped Dokes escape the two druggies. Yeah. But, I don't know. It's possible yeah. that... Uh, you know, he can tell the difference between a Jeep and a minivan <laughs> or whatever. And what he took from the water pool. He's a, uh, he's special forces, even though he's been caught and re-trapped in the cage like three times now. Yeah. <laughs> At some point, you gotta think somebody has it out for you. <laughs> well, didn't you say that he heard the, doesn't he hear the GPS? And like, yeah. wouldn't Dexter normally leave that in the car? So he probably, it would say you've arrived and he wouldn't hear that inside of the car. She has it outside. So naturally, maybe he would think that there, yeah, like Dexter wouldn't be dumb enough to have well, that he out. Started, he started yelling as soon as he heard the car drive up. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then he kept yelling. Like it said something when she got out of the car and she said something like, is there someone there? And then he stopped talking. And then she was being quiet too. Like she was just worried about whatever. And she like got up onto the step and the GPS gave her away and said, you know, you've arrived at your destination. And that's where they cut the episode off. Yeah, well at least he didn't say I'm Miami Metro PD. He learned he, <laughs> yeah. he learned he learned from that one. <laughs> I have all of this cocaine in here that's not mine. I'm in the cabin. I'm Miami Metro PD, and I'm wanted for murder. <laughs> Please come help me. Yeah, that's smart. Uh, this episode was directed by Marco Siga, who directed nine episodes of Dexter. This was his third in season two. Um, he goes on to direct four more in season three and two in season four. And after Dexter, he worked on The Vampire Diaries and the following. This episode was written by Scott Buck and Tim Schlotman. Scott Buck was the showrunner for season six through eight of Dexter. This was his first written episode. He wrote a total of three episodes, each for season two through five, and two each for season six through eight. Um, and he went on to create the Netflix Inhuman series as well as Iron Fist. Uh, Tim Schlotman uh, has been a pretty prolific writer. He uh, wrote two episodes for all eight seasons except for one episode in season five. His previous episode in season two was episode five, The Dark Defender, and that uh, episode got him nominated for a Writers Guild of America Award for episodic drama. He went on to work on the final season of Under the Dome, which still no one has watched. Yeah. Uh, how far? How far have you fallen, sir? It was, it was those last few seasons of Dexter that just sent him on a downward slide. Yeah, I, I think he's a pretty strong writer, actually. Um, yeah, but. I would say that Schlotman probably wrote most of this episode because, as we know much more about Scott Buck, I was like, I can't yeah. believe Scott Buck got credit for <laughs> such a good episode. I'm like, oh, no, it's definitely got to be Schlotman. Yeah, Schlotman, uh, Cerrone, and Rosenberg are like the three strongest writers on the show. Yeah, definitely. 
So, uh, best line of the episode. I went with uh, Angel saying, you warned me about her, my dick didn't listen. Huh. Solid. Been there. Yeah. I would say, what guy hasn't said that same exact statement? I liked the 349 statement by Masuka. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> that's pretty good. Although that's the current gas price, or the one of the average gas prices in California right now. So the fact that it was that then, I'm trying to think, was that, that was under the Ten Bush years administration, ago. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah late it Bush, was. Late Bush administration? That's about right. Um... Yeah, uh, mine was best line was the that wonderful surprise or I guess not surprise <laughs> that wonderful uh, one line appearance by that public notary uh, that says we're all gonna die eventually. <laughs> yeah, she says it so wonderfully, like wide as uh, wide as her eyes can get. We're all gonna yeah. die eventually. Yep, so good. The most profound moment of the whole episode. <clears throat> yep, so good. How about the worst line of the episode? Uh, I went with the 349 <laughs> line. <laughs> <laughs> I always end up picking my worst. You're a Masuka-seeking missile. That's, that's what it is. I, I, and it really wasn't that, though. I thought it just seemed like it was such a like bad sitcom line. <laughs> Speaking of bad yeah. sitcom line, Lila in the hospital bed. Oh, Dexter, you came to see me. So sweet. Die in a fire. Everything she said <laughs> was the worst line, but I can't fit that all into one piece. I do love Lila's melodramatic acting in certain parts of the episode. This whole season, like when she's like really faking it or, or, or like honing it in. Yeah. It's so fucking awful. <laughs> it's all awful. Like she put her hand up on her head like this, just like, oh. <laughs> Oh, I don't oh, remember. <laughs> so, performance of the episode slash non-Michael C. Hall performance of the episode. If everyone agrees, that's that's him this time. Dokes. It's gotta go to Dokes. Yeah, that guy has been through the ringer. He, he's earned this one. Yeah, I went with Dokes as well. Yeah, I went with Dokes, but also the gator that almost ate Dokes, I think, had a really good appearance, too. So, I love it. I love it when they throw a gator in there, and you're just like, yep, it's Florida. Don't forget. <laughs> the, the gator, to me, was it was funny, but it was a missed opportunity. I really wanted Dokes to talk to the alligator. I really wanted oh, yeah. him to say something like, oh, no, you don't, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> like, something like that would have just... But it looked like he was thinking about it because you could see there was that moment where he kind of did a double take and they kind of played it and you're like, oh, what's he going to say? What's he going to say? And then they had nothing. Nothing. Big disappointment. Well, that is it. Uh, one more episode.